And time again for another Packers exclusive one-on-one. This time, our guest is Safety Morgan Burnett. Welcome. Oh. You're in the big studio now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> you, you, well, I called you a safety. Are you sure you're a safety still, or are you kind of a linebacker now? Um, whatever they need me, <laughs> whatever they need me to be, I'm willing to do it. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later as we talk about the playoffs here and uh, a great finish to the season after a challenging beginning. Um, but I do want to talk about what, what's coming up here now, and that, and that really is a second season. You've been blessed to make it to the playoffs every year you've been a Packer. It's just kind of what happens here in Green Bay. But was there a point, Morgan, where you even kind of questioned whether it was going to happen this year? I mean, you guys were sitting at 4-6 and six at one point without much room for error. No, I didn't, I didn't question it at all. I, um, I think it started with Coach McCarthy. He had a... He set a tone through the team with his positive energy. But uh, I never, like, around that time, I didn't get, like, thinking too far ahead. I was just, like, we one game at a time, one week at a time, and just find a way to get one win. If we can get one win in, then we can talk about getting two and so on. So that's kind of the mindset I had going into it, and that's, I think that's what our team had. Well, I, I think at a point, too, it, it had to be frustrating knowing that you needed a little help along the way, right? You, you didn't always control – your destiny to make it into the playoffs until very late in the season. Um, and I can only imagine the feeling once the locker room started to galvanize and you guys started to pick off win after win that you'll have had a playoff atmosphere in that locker room for over a month now. Right, right. Especially going in uh, just in, into these last two games, it was almost it was like a playoff mentality that, I mean, we had to win out just to even get in. So, you know, if we lost one of those games, it's a possibility we would not be where we are today, so it was a playoff mentality going into the last two games of the season. You know, I know, you know, history doesn't really get brought up, and it's not a message point that, you know, New York has come here before and, and won a playoff game uh, once, I believe, in your, your second season in the league. But, that, I mean, that, that's real, though. I mean, that happened, right? And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't pretty last time. It was, it was kind of a blowout. And I know it, that that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. You were here on that team. Brian Balaga was on that team. Aaron Mason. There's a handful of guys who played. It, 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 do you do look at it like you know it's payback? We got to protect our home turf, or is that ancient history and, and all but forgotten? Oh, I think that's in the past because uh, each each year each team is different. I mean, we're a different team; they're a different team, and uh, I don't think you don't you can't dwindle back on the past. You just got to move on from it. I mean, any time that you fall short of our team goal, I mean, it all leaves a bad taste in your mouth from last year or the year before. So, I mean, we don't think of it as a revenge game or nothing like that. We look at it as it's one step closer to us reaching and accomplishing our goal, and we're going against a really tough opponent, and we just got to find a way to get a win at home. You know, usually we do a, a, an inside-the-helmet section where we kind of go back and look at the last game. I, I pull out a few plays and we talk about it. Um, I, I want to be a little more broad with you than that. And I mentioned linebacker kind of jokingly <laughs> at the start of the season. You know, they're going through the starting lineups, and they, you know, starting linebacker, Jake Ryan, so on. But then there you were, the first play of the game, defensively against the Lions, you were in that middle linebacker set. Uh, are you going to linebacker meetings once in a while? I mean, how do you just kind of pick up that position? Um, and it's happened here the last several weeks where you've kind of played that inside role. No, I, I still, I mean, I'm a safety. I go to my safety meetings. But I just think it's more so um, just the coaching staff, uh, Coach Perry and our coach staff just prepared us uh, this OTAs and during the offseason that, you know, understand what the guy next to you is doing. And uh, they, we just practiced that. And, you uh, know, we moved around. All of us have moved around in different spots just to get a feel, better feel for the defense and understand what the man next to you is doing. 
And now we just so happen to be in a situation where we was hit with so many injuries and that we needed guys to step up and probably do different roles that they're not used to. But, I mean, no doubt our coaches believed in us. And as a player, that's what you – that gives you a lot of confidence knowing that your coach believes in you, your teammates believe in you, and you don't want to let your teammates down. I think that just falls on the being accountable as a teammate. So – Whatever's asked though, you got to do a job. You got to get the job done. Is that fun for you, or do you do not like being that close to the big guys? <laughs> oh no, it's fun. I mean, I just I really enjoy. Like I think all the guys on our defense just enjoy being around the football. When you cut on the film, you see guys flying trying to get to the football. No, I'm, it's fun to me, man. I enjoy playing football. I mean, blessed to be playing a kid's game at a grown man's age. So. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy it, and I have a lot of fun with it. What kind of challenges, uh, you know, due to the you know, Sam being gone and, and some injuries along the way here to the secondary, what what kind of challenges have you had to overcome with the, this defensive back group this entire season? I think it was just earlier, just the experience. I mean, you had guys stepping in, playing a a lot amount of snaps that really they had the opportunity in the past because Sam was there, or in the past we had Tremont, or you had. Casey there you had a lot of veteran guys there but now I think it's to a point now the guys the young guys have really stepped up they're grown I mean they have the experience now you see it now where I mean pretty much every game Ladarius Gunter is always breaking up a pass and I just love the way he competes and uh like now guys are not young anymore like you had a whole season so now you're not young you didn't seen a lot of football you have a lot of snaps and I think that was early it was just the experience at first but now guys have grown do you feel like you've been through a full season of football at this stage or, oh. or has the plan kind of you know tapered you guys off a little bit because you had such a long run here since your last extended break yeah, I mean, it's been a long – of course, I mean, every season long. It doesn't matter when you get your bye week. It's been a long season, but it's all worth it when you had the opportunity to play in the playoffs. Like, that's what you fight for. That's what you work for throughout that long season just to have that opportunity. I mean, you got to cherish and make the most of it. Yeah, I was in the locker room earlier today. I've never seen so many guys run with clothes on toward the steam room <laughs> to try and get their core body temperature up. Yeah. And I had to make a decision. I didn't even go get lunch today. I didn't want to walk outside. How do y'all practice in that? Yeah, hey, uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's just one of the ones you got to just find a way to get through it. <laughs> and soon, coach call up practice. It's, it's a race to the hot tub or the sun. <laughs> So you were right. You're veterans first in line. I say first kind. Whoever can get this stuff off the fast. Um, I, I want to say a, a date for you. We'll, we'll go back in time here to your early days as a Packer. Tell me what you remember about this date. Okay, October third, two thousand ten. It was a week four game. You guys played the Lions. Oh, that's the game I tore my ACL. Uh, against Detroit here in Green Bay. I, I remember that like yesterday. Did you know you tore your ACL at that time? No, I didn't. And um, I remember I was. it was a play. I want to say Calvin caught the ball across the middle. I was going to make the tackle. Then I got up and I was like, man, something feel funny in my knee. So I didn't think nothing about it. Just went back to the sideline, went back out there. And I was like, man, something, it's really getting tight in my knee. And then um, – and then that's when Coach Perry was like, man, you might need to holler at Doc. So I talked to Doc. Then we went inside, and that's when he told me. He was like, man, I think you tore your ACL, but we'll verify tomorrow with an MRI. And then at the time, Al Harris was still here. So he had came and talked to me, and he was like, you know, kid, you're going to be all right. I mean, today's technology, guys, come back. You're going to be all right. You're young, so you'll be fine. Just keep your head up. 
And then the crazy thing, that next day, my knee never swelled up. I didn't walk with a limp or nothing like that. But I was able to get the surgery, uh, bounce back from it, and now it's all in the past. Well, in, I, I, I honestly, I, I had to research it. I didn't remember you tearing your ACL. Uh, whether it's right or wrong, I, I think is, you know, if that happened today, we'd all know about it and be headline news when it happened to Jordy. It just more established in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, you were a very young player at that time, but... How concerned were you? I mean, that, that's a pretty major injury, and technology and all that stuff, you can get back on the field, but was there ever a, a level of doubt in your mind as to as to why this happened, and will I be back? Oh, no, I, I don't never question anything like that. I feel, man, I'm very, I'm a very faithful guy. I just prayed about it. My mom and my dad, we, we just prayed about it, and I knew that uh, God has a plan for us all, and I knew I was going to be fine. You know, I just kept praying, and then I attacked my rehab as if it was a, a game to, cause to get back on the field. But also with that, though, I was able – I think that's, that year it really helped me grasp and understand the defense because I was able to see things from a different perspective. I'm on the sideline. Every day I get to watch and see Nick Collins, Tremont Wood, Charlie Pepper, see those guys go to work. I pick their brain, ask them questions in meetings. And uh, when we watched film, like Nick and Charlie would have me, they'll call our defensive plays, and I had to call the checks out sitting in the room. And I think that really helped me mentally to understand the defense, helped me mentally on the field. What does Charles Woodson mean to you? Oh, uh, he, I mean, he's he's a leader. And uh, not just more so vote. He was a leader vocally, but just the, what really impressed me was the things he did behind the scenes. Like, and guys, you wonder like, man, you how, how is he so great? But it was the things he did, Donald Driver, Nick Collins, the things they did behind the scenes, the way they they worked, the way they studied, the way they carried themselves as teammates, and that's what really impressed me as a young guy. And that's the type of lead I try to follow. Can you take me inside the locker room at halftime of the Super Bowl? Charles did something. Charles said something because we knew he knew he wasn't going to play again. Yep. And the team came out on fire after that. Yeah, he, I mean, he gave his speech before the game. And, you know, he was one of the captains. He gave his speech before the game. And then halftime, he, you know, he was hurt. You know, he kind of was basically like, you know, don't don't feel bad for him. We still got a game to go win. And he's basically like stick, basically saying stick the way everything he said before. Everything's still in line for us. And, man, just to be a part of that and be a part of that journey, man, that was special. Well, and the reason I bring it up, Nick, uh, Morgan is because in 2010, that was a great run to the Super Bowl, but you weren't a part of it, right? On the right. field, you were not a part of it. So technically, you are one of the holdover players here from a Super Bowl team, but you've never played in the Super Bowl, right? Right. So I mean, it can can you can you wrap your arms around that level of hunger you must have to to get to that pinnacle and and be a part of the team that actually wins it? Oh, uh, I mean that drives me every year. Like you say, I. I was part of the team, but I was part of it from a standpoint. I got to witness it, sitting on, standing on the sideline. Not saying that I don't appreciate it. I'm very thankful for that opportunity. But now it's that hunger and that drive to be able to run out the tunnel, step across those lines. You see the light flickering and flashing. You're actually out there playing and contributing and finding ways to make plays to hopefully come out, come out with a victory in the Super Bowl victory. You mentioned some of the names, some of the safeties you played with. You mentioned Woodson, Charlie Pepra, who's now a coach, and, and Nick Collins. Um, I brought up your injury that happened in 2010. You were back on the field to start 2011, but then you lost Nick Collins. 
in 2011 uh, in that Week 2 game against Carolina. Now you were on the other end of that. Uh, a safety goes down. One of your brothers goes down. Did you know how severe that was at the time? At the time, I, I didn't know. You just you seen him down, and then you just praying, hoping for the best, like, you know, hoping he'd be all right. Then in the back of my mind, I was thinking, like, you know, it's Nick. He, he's going to be fine. He'll be out. He'll probably miss a couple weeks and then come back. But then when he came, you know, he shot me a text first and let me know, like, his situation, everything that was going on before he actually talked to the team. And uh, that's when you that's when you sat back and looked like, man, that's, you know, that's tough. You know, that's like your big brother. And uh, we have a bond that goes deeper than football. I mean, Nick still calls me to this day, talk to me to this day. And just to see him go down like that, I mean, that was tough because I felt like, you know, he's one of the best safeties in the league. I mean, he had a lot of more years left in him, but just in that time span, he's still one of the top safeties, you know, to play the game. Well, and now you have HaHa as kind of a running mate, right? So, uh, but you didn't always have his caliber of player in the defensive backfield. It wasn't very stable for a little mm -hmm. while. What does his presence allow you to do now that maybe you couldn't do before he arrived? Uh, I think it's just like the relationship we have just on the field, off of the field, the way we communicate. I mean, we almost kind of with a similar body type, hey, you know, similar song. type of player. And uh, I think Let's, just we need to dance. We feed one. off each other. You know, it just his play style compliments my play style. My play style compliments his play <laughs> did you, style. Did you lose a bet? I think when you had it, we just gelled so well together, and it seemed like, I mean, the first day he got here, Boy, we clicked right away, and it's it's been a yeah. growing process ever since. And we just have a really tight bond. You grew up in Georgia. Uh, I know Atlanta is still part of uh, your life today uh, with your family and whatnot. What was family life like in the Burnett household growing up? I know you had a brother who played college ball, too, so I'm sure there was a lot of competitive drive. Oh, yeah. and, you know, the battles yeah. back and forth and anything you guys did, I'm sure, were entertaining. But what was that whole dynamic like growing up in Georgia? Well, we had it was a sports household. My dad played football, and he coached football, so we were real big on sports. And my mom... She she had to being with my dad. She had to just get adopted and get used to <laughs> being around sports. But now my mom is a big sports fanatic. I mean, my grandma, sports fanatic. But we were real big on sports. But we had a real tight bond as a family, close relationship. And my dad always taught my older brother. You know, you look after your little brother. I mean, you, you protect them, and always have his back. And that was just a mindset that we have that you look after your family, protect each other, and. And sports was our, our big thing. So how, how much older is your brother? He's eight years older than eight me. Years. Yep. Was there a time where you recall beating him at something for the first time? No, nah, really, nope. <laughs> he, still, <laughs> he always had you, yeah, right? Well, I yeah. suppose he was 20 when you yeah. were 12. So. Yeah, so it's, it was times, I mean, we used to call this drill, we used to call it the uh, kickoff drill we used to do in the backyard. So I used to have to throw the ball off to my brother, and, you know, he jokingly run around, and I used to have to try to tackle him. But I used to – I almost had him wrapped up one time. <laughs> and I think he actually used one of his moves, picked his foot up, bust me in the lip, kicked me in the mouth. <laughs> but I don't think it's nothing I really beat him in. I think he got that mental advantage over me right now. Give me about 
Probably two more years. I'll probably <laughs> challenge. I'll catch up. <laughs> well, when you're 30 and he's 38. Yeah, yeah, I might have a chance. Uh, how did you end up at, at Georgia Tech? I, I don't know how the houses are divided in Georgia between, you know, you're either UGA or you're Georgia Tech. How did how does that work in Georgia? Yeah, so so Thanksgiving, you know, we play. It's, the, it's called the good old-fashioned hate rivalry. So Tech in Georgia, we're always around Thanksgiving. So in our household, Begin start of the week by Sunday. You got to have your team pick. So, my mom, you got to go and pick a side. My dad, my dad normally always rolled with Georgia Tech. Okay. And then my mom, she kind of she try to stay neutral. Then me and my brother, we had a couple heated debates. <laughs> but I got to Georgia Tech. My brother went to Georgia. He, um, I mean, everyone in Georgia thought I was gonna go to Georgia, but it, I took a visit to Georgia Tech, and then a couple of my best friends to this day. I met those guys on my visit, or one of them being Damaris Thomas. So we we clicked right away, and then after that, that's when I was like, man, I'm gonna go to Georgia Tech, and uh, the history writes itself. It's a little more city, right, versus Athens, which is a little more removed from Atlanta, yeah, its own little world. Yeah, Athens is like that's more probably about an hour and a, about an hour from Atlanta. So when you think of Atlanta, you think of Georgia Tech. So when people, <laughs> so when people True. think of Georgia, that's not Atlanta. The uh, city, the Atlanta, you think of Georgia Tech. Well, you were in high school, uh, if my research was correct, the number five ranked player in the state of Georgia coming out of high school in 2007. Do you know the players who were ranked ahead of you? Uh, I don't know the order, but I know coming out of I, in my area where I was from, we had Eric Berry. He was, he was ranked like the – Number one corner in the nation. He's still doing it. For yeah, years. yep. And then we had Cam Newton was a really top quarterback, and I don't know who was ranked, but I know I I played in the All Star game in high school, and I was it was uh, the players. Some of the players it was me, Cam Newton, Joe Hayden, uh, Dez Bryant, Earl Thomas, Carlos Dunlap, Rolando McLean. But I never knew. I never paid attention why I was ranked. I was just decided, you know, to compete against the best. I'll, I'll tell you the other two players who were ranked ahead of you. I never heard of either one of them. <laughs> Antoine Greenlee is an offensive lineman and Caleb King, a running back. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah Caleb, he went to University of Georgia. Okay. And then I think Antoine Greenlee might have. I, I, remember, I remember his name, but I forgot what school he ended up going to. I mean, that, that's the crazy part, right? Yep. I, mean, I was looking at the list. You mentioned Eric Berry. The, the the site that I looked at, I think he was ranked number two overall in the nation, and Jimmy Clausen was number mm-hmm. one, right? I yep. mean, you know, the golden boy goes uh, and, and plays quarterback at Notre Dame. But what I find amazing, Morgan, is, is there are probably a lot of players you played with who had the talent, had the ability to play in the NFL, who never quite made it, right? And it, it's amazing at, in any sport, at any mm-hmm. level. It's tough, man. It, yeah, it's tough yeah. to break through. So what was it for you that allowed you to, to break through and, and really put yourself on the map? Because a lot of players t- playing at the D1 level, but only a small fraction make it through. Yeah, I just, I, I guess I'd say that, I mean, of course, stay, I always pray, prayed about it, you know, prayed about making it to the league, or, and that was always my dream. And I think my parents supported that as well. They They never, like, course you know it's very hard to make it in professional sport and they always gave me the speech you don't you don't put all your eggs in one basket you always have a backup plan but if that's your number one dream go for it and don't let no one tell you different um have confidence in in yourself believe in yourself 
and never be afraid to compete no matter the room or the area you in you my dad always tell me hold your head high you know you walk in look someone in their eyes and um be proud of who you are and believe in yourself where does the nickname uno come from <laughs> that's i had the number one at georgia tech and then my freshman year it was i think we had like freshman orientation and it was a couple guys i was talking to and they were asking talking to the football players what position you play what number are you and then I was like, I'm number one. And then I was like, man, uh, and I think it was a Uno game. We was playing cards or something. And I was like, man, I'm the king of Uno like that. And then the guys started calling me Uno. He was like, you number one. And they started calling me Uno from there, and it took off. <laughs> Does anybody in the Packers locker room call you Uno? No, they called me. In the Packers locker room, they just called me Mo. Mo. Yep. Okay, good yep. enough. Well, you got a little Mo at home now too, right? I got a little a Mo and a low. Yep, Mo and a low. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Uh, what are what are their ages now? What's the separation there? Well, Morgan is seven now, and Logan is one. Okay, uh, I knew you just had one, so uh, one already. Holy cow! Uh, does Morgan Junior understand what Daddy does for a living? Yeah, he understands now. Like he's, I mean, he's he's big in the sport. I never try to force him into anything, but he's really big in the sport and just being a student of the game. I mean, he sometimes he gives me updates on different teams. <laughs> on different teams, he enjoys watching uh, NFL Network Good Morning Football. So he'll watch that before school, and he'll give me updates on players, teams, and everything. So he understands and he knows what's going on now. Does he have a Morgan Burnett jersey at home, or does he have like a like a Jordy jersey? <laughs> yeah, he has a he has a he has Morgan he has my jersey. Uh, he has Jake Ryan jersey. Okay. Yeah, he has a couple players jersey. He has a couple players from different teams. But, yeah, he's, he's a fan of the game. That's got to be pretty special, the fact that he can, he can kind of understand what you're doing. And you've been blessed to have a nice long career here, um, that your son can watch you and, and, and understand it. Uh, but when you're at home, uh, your daddy, right? I mean, oh, yeah. It's, it's diaper changing <laughs> yeah, and yep. it's bubble guppies mm -hmm. and it's, you know, making sure kids get off to school and all that. Yeah. What do you love about being a father and what maybe is the most challenging thing for you no I, I love it just the the genuine love and look you get on your kids face like when i walk in the door they both come running to the door scream daddy and they give you hug and it's like genuine love so it's like no matter what i do on the field or inside outside world they always going to be proud of me so i don't want to let them down in anything i do and uh it's just i really enjoy that the bond we have I have with both of my boys and then I guess the challenging part is you know you we up here half of the year and then my son is back at Georgia half of the year so it's challenging that because I'm thinking like in, in my shoe if I was in his shoes I'm spent one half of the year with my friends then all of a sudden I got to up and leave mm -hmm. because a daddy has to leave you know and I can't stay with these friends now I gotta go make some new friends and it's always a constant back and forth and i just think like when i was growing up i was just in one house the whole time and uh at the same time it's pretty cool because mj's at an age where he gets to interact with the players they know his name and i think that's pretty cool and he enjoys it but i think it's challenging for him at times when he has to go back and forth from two different states going to school i think that gets challenging is i was going to say do, do you wait till the school year is done to move or do you kind of mid-school system season you take no, off? No, we do uh, half of the year. Like, so he'll go here into Christmas, you know, and then go on Christmas break. So 
and then we start the new year back in Atlanta. So he does okay, that. Okay, so they're they're up and going already. Yeah, they're yeah, uh huh. So I think that's, that's the tough, man. yeah. It's tough. Like you know, kindergarten. Okay, it was it was okay, but now he's up to a grade, second grade. Where now it's a little bit more homework, a little bit more studying. So now it's like I'm learning from two different teachers and hearing it two different ways. So now it's challenging. So, uh, but we we have a good support team back home that really helps them out with tutoring if needed. So you're not changing diapers right now then, right? I mean, what a Merry Christmas present that no, must be. But that just happened today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just left today, so... <laughs> And up until then, I was I was changing diapers. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are, but I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, so when you were drafted, uh, it seemed like you mentioned Al Harris's name. Al was known for for his dreadlocks. Uh, I remember like Atari Big B had the dreadlocks, and of course Eddie, and that was just kind of the thing, man. Every kind of player the Packers got, somebody had the hair, and you had the hair. <laughs> when did you take the hair off? It was. Uh, yeah, I know. I think you had it through the Super Bowl year. I know you didn't play, yep. but I remember seeing you posing I for pictures. I think it was 2013. We went home for the bye week, and then that's when I cut it off. So, what was the decision making process there, or did you like lose a bet or something? No, it wasn't a bet. Bet. I was. I was sitting home one day, and I was just like, man. I'm probably getting, I'm getting tired of my hair because up until then I had my hair since I was like a sophomore in high school. And I was thinking at the time, then my mom constantly was in my head about, you need to cut that mess off. And then my grandma. Mothers don't like that. Yeah, my grandma definitely didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) So it just came to the point I was like, man, I need to go on. I was like, I'm going to go ahead and cut my hair off. And the crazy thing, I met my wife in high school. So she hasn't, she never seen me with a haircut. So I was like, this could be good or bad. I was like, (laughs) Like hopefully, hopefully, hopefully she'll stay with me after I cut it. <laughs> it's a lot less maintenance right now. Oh, right? definitely. It's, man, you go get you a 15-minute haircut and out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. You probably hadn't been cut, right, since you saw me Right, right. Yeah. High school? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I was fun while it lasted, but I, I don't miss the hair. Did you, ever, did you ever get tackled by your hair? Uh, I never got tackle but it's times like where your hair get caught it, it, it get caught in like some helmet or equipment sometimes it's gonna be awful yeah most times it either it either break it either rip or break oh <laughs> yeah it just sounds terrible right yep. rip it out right from the roots <laughs> yeah ah dang well uh it, it's it it it's definitely a, a becoming look as a man with no hair in his head and <laughs> been that way since i think 2004 it's a good decision <laughs> smart decision um it, you left georgia tech after your junior year um, do you want to go back and get your degree? Do you oh. want to finish off school? Oh yeah, definitely. I definitely want to get a degree. I just I I want to do it more so just because I I feel that's very important and uh, just education is important. And I just want to have that degree. Is just uh, having a degree is almost like when you have your jerseys back when you played from whatever level you played that it's something to go back and use as resource and something that you can always look back on and saying I started something and I finished it and I just feel that's a I can't preach that to my kids if I don't set that example and that's one of the examples I want to set. What would you get your degree in and what could you see yourself even doing post football? Would you even use it? Well when I was when I was at Tech my uh, major was business management but now they changed it to business business administration so I think down the road, me and my wife want to look into either franchising businesses back home or possibly owning our own business. But it's something business-related I would want to do. 
but I also want to spend time with working with youth, kids back home, just empowering the youth and uh, start a foundation with helping just underprivileged kids that don't have the opportunity to see things outside of our neighborhood. And I feel just in Atlanta alone, Atlanta has so much to offer that a lot of kids back home don't have the opportunity to experience. And I just want to find a way to help those kids experience that because you never know what that can unlock in the kid's mind. Well, and I know you're a big advocate for the, the Play 60 program in the NFL. Um, you've got a seven-year-old. Uh, I assume there's some athletic genes in the family, <laughs> right? Um, it, how do you have that discussion? Because, you know, you had a good friend who lost his football playing career due to injury, and it's a high-collision sport. Um, more and more research on CET, uh, CTE and some of the potential issues uh, for players who have a long career. How do you have that conversation with your son if he wants to play football, knowing how good football has been to you? Uh, I just tell him, you know, I mean, you go out. If you, if you have a passion to do something, you go out and do it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to take that from him. I mean, I had a passion for football, and my parents didn't take that from me. So if he has a passion for it, man, you go do it. And uh, it's, it's ways to get coached up on how to tackle properly and to protect yourself. But – I don't want to have. I want to put any fear into him trying to scare him. Like, oh, this this could happen. This could happen. Because I mean, you can walk outside your house. Anything is possible to happen. But you still have to go live your life. So, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, I'm going to support him 100%. I mean, of course, you teach him about the pros and cons that come along with it. But if you're willing to accept that and go out and do it, I'm going to support you all the way. Was it always football for you? Did Did you know at some point, maybe in high school, that that was a real path for you to maybe even have a, a professional career. Yeah, I knew I was football was always my favorite sport. My brother played football, and I was I always looked up to my brother. I still do, and uh, he's a head football coach now, and so that's what got me into football. But I think when I got to high school, I was always a dream of mine. Just even back when I was a little kid, my dream was like to make it to the NFL. And then once I got to high school, ninth grade, I did a camp down at the University of North Carolina and I was a quarterback in high school so um, I was like man I don't want to play quarterback and then my coach was like you want to try defensive back and I was like yeah let me try it and he was like yeah go over there and do one-on-ones with the prospect receivers from Carolina so I did that and I actually did good that the head coach from Carolina at the time offered me a scholarship and that's when right I there. yeah oh, so that's when I realized how old were you I was I was ninth grade so oh I, man so I was ninth grade going to 10th. I had to be like 14. Oh, jeez. And then the crazy thing, I got a scholarship offer from North Carolina. And then by the time I got home to Georgia, University of Georgia sent an offer in the mail, offered me a scholarship. And that's when I realized, like, man, I could really do something with Word football. travels fast. Like, yeah, yeah. It yep. travels fast. Yep. So uh, but you, also, you did track and field in, in high school also? Yeah, I did track. Uh, my event was the triple jump. I still hold our county record for the triple jump. Okay, did, did I see somewhere that you, you ran the 400 meters once in a while too? Yeah, yeah, see. Painful race. Yeah, my high school, my brother coached me in high school. So a part of our rule was if you want to play on the football team, you have to do – something in the spring either play baseball run track you had to do something you can't just sit at home so <laughs> i wasn't i didn't want to play baseball so i had to run track and then if you ran track and if you was on the football team throughout the track season you had to run the 400 at least 
two times. <laughs> so a couple of events you had to pick. You had to run it two times. Some people had to run it more than that, and I was one of those guys. So, so you know what real pain is. Yes, yeah, sir. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ran that in college, so yeah. that, that was my event. Yeah, was, that's was, no joke with that. No, no, sir. <laughs> I was 200 pounds trying to run that thing, too. Um, I, I want to finish up and talk a little bit about um, you know this season as we progress toward the playoffs. Uh, it's certainly been a kind of a roller coaster ride here, but you're hot at the right time, and, and I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, was there a point, Morgan, where the, the locker room kind of galvanized and, and you thought, here we go? I mean, it's just, we just got to click off one after the other, and if, if we get in, we'll be dangerous. Yeah, I think uh, just really we knew that once we get that first win under our belt, and I think what really set the tone for us was that first when we were in Philly on the road, and uh, that's a tough place to win. I mean, a hostile crowd, hostile environment, and we knew that we probably wouldn't have – too many green and yellows in the stands, and we knew that we had to pull together as a group that whole entire game. And once we were able to do that and got that win under our belt, then we knew, like, okay, let's keep this thing going and um, not get caught up in the where our record is right now. It's just all about how you finish. And uh, Coach always said, like Coach Dom says, no one remembers what you did week four, week five, People remember what you do in December and what you do in the playoffs, and it's all about how you finish, and uh, that was just our mentality. Uh, final two questions for you. What has been the low point of this season for you? I think just that, that stretch when we was, we was going, we lost four in a row, and I think that, that, was, that was the frustrating part because it was frustrating because you know guys put a lot of time in. I mean, you're working hard, you're working your butts off, and then just sometimes – it doesn't go the way you want it to go. But I think also it, that was tough, but it also made us better and brought us closer together as a team. Final thing, why will this team be in Houston playing for a Super Bowl? Because we believe in one another. I mean, we believe in one another. We had the confidence, and I, I mean, it's real confidence. And I'm not just saying that we had the confidence. And like you say, we're, we're hot at the right time. And, uh, and guys are excited going into this playoffs, and we're looking forward towards the challenges and the different matchups. Packers safety, Morgan Burnett, Mo, Uno. <laughs> your birthday's coming up pretty soon, January 13th. I hope your final birthday present ends with a bunch of confetti falling on you in February. Oh, I hope so, too. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.